0: Welcome to the podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherbourne. No matter who you are, who you love, we welcome you into our community of religious seekers. Please join us for our Sunday worship services each week at 10.30 a.m. More information can be found on our website at uuac.org or visit our Facebook page at Sherbourne Unitarian Universalist. Enjoy the sermon. Friends, if you're new, if this is your first Sunday, I know of a few folks that uh, your first Sunday, welcome, welcome to you. Um, I, share, I share these words I'm about to share every time that I offer a uh, sermon with you, not to you, with you. And would I remind us that here is our world, that beautiful and terrible things will happen. And I invite us to keep our hearts tender in the midst of all of that, and our eyes soft and our words true. This is what we try to be about. We know there is no answer but to love each other. We bear witness against destruction. There's a lot of witnessing, right, these days. And then we gather here in community to practice being the person that we say we want to be. We cannot do everything, but we can do something, and that something is never nothing. That was written by... Reverend Edward Everett Hale, a Unitarian minister in the 19th century. So as Leonard Cohen reminds us, ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything and all of us. Say with me if you know the words, that is how the light gets in. So I am going home to St. Louis tomorrow, my home. I was born in, and my mom's still there, and it is her 75th birthday tomorrow. So I have a request, the camera's right there, I think she's watching, to say, happy birthday, Jackie. Happy birthday, Jackie. (laughs) Thank you for indulging me. I'm gonna get so many points now. I mean, I can't use pulpit for some things, right? And would you believe I have not been on a plane in two and a half years? I've not been home in four years. And I know my extended family is going to remind me of that fact when I see them on Tuesday night. I never expected it to be this long. I never expected it to uh, to last this long. Anyway, there I go. I'll come back on Friday. I will eat from the same kitchen that I did. My mom is in the house that I... uh, i lived in since I was three years old until I left for college. And I will eat out of the same kitchen. And as a consequence, for those of you that go home, that still have a home that you grew up in, I will become the surly teenager that I was. <laughs> like that. Something else I'm going to do, that I always do when I'm home, is I drive by Our Lady of Lords, which is the Catholic church in elementary school that I went to. Um... I had, I had, so imagine, I had blue pants. They weren't, like, cool. I had a white shirt, and until they lifted the mandate, we had to wear a blue tie every, every day. And mine was a clip-on, because I was like, you know, six. And I would still wear a clip-on, because even, even this morning, every time I tie a tie, I get the, the underneath part longer than the front part, and I have to start over. Am I... Alone in that, anybody? Thank you. I only saw a couple hands. I know the rest of you were lying, but anyway, um, we had a name for the school when we were kids. Would you like to know what it was? It was called the Blue God Box. Why? Because it was built in the 60s, man, and ugly was cheap. The church, the church is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's like stone and wood. But the school, which is next to it, is cinder block, and it's wrapped in like a for sale um, metal blue sheeting that they wrapped the whole building in. And the color is not that far off from um, the, the, the robe that Mary is depicted as wearing in the 12-foot painting of her holding baby Jesus in the entryway of the school she is um, white-skinned, and she has blue eyes, just like Jesus does. I mention this because last week we voted on the Eighth Principle as a congregation. Of course, Mary and, and, and Jesus were Middle Eastern. They had brown skin. But the Eighth Principle asks us as a community to reckon with our, our racism as a, as a culture, as a community, and to embrace multiculturalism. And I'm thinking about that painting and the way that it normalized for me how white, the way that I look, is the normal way to look, right? But if you're expecting me to be more critical of my Catholic education, I'm gonna disappoint you. I loved it there. Or at least nostalgia tells me that I loved it there. (laughs) Because it was there at the school that I learned that God is love. And I learned that religion is love. And I learned that life, life is a school for love. That's what I learned. Now you ask me, those of you that had like bad experiences in your religious histories because I know some of you really have like, like how come it was different for you and all I can tell you is that even, even though we did have some really tough nuns and some terrible priests it's there that I learned that religion and community which is what we are one thing that we do at our best and Peter you talked about this Is practice the simple act Of coming up alongside one another The simple act of coming up alongside one another Out of our aloneness Out of our isolation Out of our prickliness Out of our anger Out of our fear Out of our awkwardness Out of our judgment Just to come up alongside each other I was thinking about this yesterday, the examples. i remembering that I got in a fight with Billy Diamond on the playground. And Sister Luna, I mean, she, I was ready for like, you know, detention, and she brought us down to this dim cafeteria, and she said to each of us, what made you so mad about each other? What would it require you for to, to go back and play kickball Without further fists, it was like the '70s version of restorative justice right there in that cafeteria. And then I was thinking how, in the sixth grade, and some of you old enough will remember this moment, we were all. They brought a TV screen, rolled it in, you guys, this big box to watch space shuttle Space Shuttle Challenger take off. I'll never forget it. We're all there in the classroom, Father Kevin, and the space shuttle explodes before our eyes sixth grade there's kids begin to cry we're all silent and the priest, Father Kevin he wore a St. Louis baseball cardinals hat wherever he went and a flannel shirt over his priest shirt and he told us that God never meant for that to happen God never meant for that to happen it was a terrible accident And he affirmed just how sacred our feelings were. Come up alongside people. And I remembered how um, Danny Bruno, eighth grade classmate, how he died in a fall from a tree. And the whole school wrote cards to his family. He had seven siblings, he was Catholic. And we, procession, walked those cards down to his family who lived about a half a block away from the school. And then I remembered how on every Ash Wednesday, Father Kevin took ashes, and instead of saying, you were born from dust, and to dust you shall return, which is true, but it freaks the kid out if you say that to them, told us, remember you are love, and to love you shall return wonderful is that here i've never forgotten it so when i do my nostalgia drive-by this week this coming week i'll be smack in the middle of lent which is some of you may have heard of lent for those of you who are curious it's this 40 days of penitence and desert time that christians practice before easter Unitarian Universalists um, were made fun of, I think legitimately so, for just rushing from Christmas to Easter without acknowledging all of the time in between. Now, some of us might balk at the deprivation of Lent. Like, we're always as kids we are asked to give up things. I gave up IBC root beer in fourth grade, and I have never forgiven Jesus for that. But anyway, we might like, kind of just kind of resist the denialism, right? The punishment, the sort of whiff of punishment. But regardless of whatever you sort of feel or think about, whatever stripe of religion you might have, how we've been living the last couple years has been like a never-ending Lent, like a never-ending desert time, right? We've had to pare our lives down to the most basic things. And Easter has felt so, like it keeps getting moved, you guys. (laughs) Right? And some of you told me, like, you know, I'm tired thinking about the pandemic. I'm tired of hearing about it. And I totally get it. But the point is, we're still feeling the impact. And one thing that we do in church communities, we try to talk about things and notice the feelings that are beneath the surface. And one of the impacts on me, tell me if this is true for you, is that we have unlearned and fallen out of practice with just how much our lives are meant to be a school for love. A school, one of the main lessons is coming out Of our shells to come up alongside each other and see each other and comfort each other and stand up for each other and sing before each other. It's been so hard to be in a school of love. The school of love has been out of session, it's been out of session. And this is my theory, I don't think this is theology. And What happens when the school level is out of session is that it gets easier to not notice that we are humans, you and I, together. And we get, it gets easier to dehumanize each other. And we do stuff like we scream at school boards about mask mandates. And we write laws in Florida that say, don't say gay. And we arrest parents for child abuse in Texas for having transgender children and we put our knee in the throat of a man for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Or we watch and we see in Ukraine this week as a maternity ward is bombed and a library and a family with roller suitcases, a blue suitcase, as they sought to escape through a safe zone. When the school of love is out of session, The school of despair and anger and dehumanization and violence and cynicism and stress gets a bigger enrollment. Are you with me? And we've been paying a steep price. The tuition of the school of despair is high. We are taking out steep loans. Can you tell them about to have two kids in college? But more to the point, I know like with me and with you, we want the semester of despair to end, and after a well-deserved break in a warm place with, oh, just imagine, like palm trees and those drinks with the umbrella, that we can re-enroll after that break. We can re-enroll in life, because life is a school for love. I got my own chance to re-enroll recently. Would you like to hear about it? Dara tells me that I talk too long. I do. Would you you like to hear about it? Okay. Sorry, Dara. She's like, what the heck, Nathan? By the way, as your minister, I get to go to the School of Love all the time because on your behalf, I get to come up alongside people. I do. Thank you for that. We say here that love is the spirit, but you know what else is true? Love is the lesson. Mm. Love is the lesson. Sometimes we are teachers and sometimes we are students. Okay. So I'm in the FAS room. It's sort of like my new office, which is over there. I have an other office there, but I've annexed the big room. And the reason I've done that is that during the mask mandate times and the um, consignment store, I just want to kind of keep an eye on things. And so, as you know, if you're back, there's a long hallway, right? they run. So I'm there working on my laptop, and I see this figure of a man walking towards through the hallway. I don't have my glasses. I, sh- I, gl- I need glasses. All of you are a little bit blurry, and I don't have my glasses on in there, so I, I kind of see this blurry figure coming toward me. And he's got a hood on, and he's, of course, he's got a mask on, him. and I'm thinking, maybe, um, maybe this guy's here to install, like, another screen or hearing loop, or I don't know. So he's, maybe he's a cell guy but he comes up to the glass of the FOS room and I've got the doors closed and he waves at me like I should know him and I'm wary I mean the two years have made me wary church can be a good place for taking risks maybe so I wave him in and he takes down his hood and he lifts down his mask so I can see his face and he says pastor it's me, Joey. Now, some of you might remember Joey. I preached about him like two weeks before we went on Zoom, about how on the Christmas Eve, so 2019 I can't even keep track of time anymore 2019 Christmas Eve, on my way to church to um, I live in Holliston, so it's the Duncan and Holliston, and I stopped there because I got to get cards for the kids. And how I saw Joey, who had always come before that to ask me for money and ask me for cards. I saw him at the Dunkin' Donuts, and I told you that I pretended not to see him because I wanted to avoid him asking me for stuff. And I had to get here to talk about a baby and welcoming the stranger. I had other important stuff to do. Do you get the contradiction? But then I was at the counter, you remember And I felt guilty So I bought some cards for him And then I rushed out the door And he was on his bike And I yelled at him, Joey Joey, Joey And, and the, the, the skinny part of my tie Is longer than the front part And it's flapping in the wind But he never heard me And I went, I went back and I looked at the sermon yesterday you remember, if you were here to hear that sermon, that I promised you that if he came back, I would I would give him those cards, and that I would talk to him rather than just ignore him. Do you remember that promise? But then the pandemic hit, and I mean, what the hell? I thought I'd see him riding his bike on 16 sometimes, but, you know, it wasn't. And I just wondered if that was just one of the people that, that COVID took, you know, this guy. I knew he's a smoker because I could smell it on him. I mean, so, Joey, I mean, wow, hey, pastor, how you been? I mean, he's got a Boston accent, I'm not going to try to do it, but, because um, it turns into like a New York accent, sort of, um. <laughs> He's like how have you been? I'm like like how do you answer that question? I don't know. Not good. He <laughs> <laughs> go, I said, "But how how have you been? the like, last time I saw you. I don't know if you knew, but last time I saw you was Christmas Eve 2019 and pastor, he kind of ignores me and he says, "Look," and he pulls out a flip phone. Kids, for those that are here. Flip phone. <laughs> ask your ask your families. It's hard to explain, but it's a flip phone. You flip it up. It's very old school. And he points to the arrows to flip through the photos. And then he shows me a flip phone of him holding a baby. He says, Pastor, that's my grandson. My daughter wouldn't talk to me for years because of stuff I did, he told me. But last year she called me to, to say that she had a grandson. She had a son, and that I was a grandfather, and that I could come and see him. Life is a school for love. That's amazing, Joey. I'm really glad to see you. I mean, I'm really glad to see you. I'm really glad to know you're here and then he goes I mean, Pastor, do you have any cards or anything? <laughs> doesn't miss a beat hey man absolutely I do absolutely I do and on the way down the hall to my office I tell him about Christmas Eve and I, and I apologize to him I tell him you know I just didn't want to I didn't want to go there I didn't want to I, I pretended not to see you and I'm sorry he's like listen that's okay I play my music really loud like you know like he, he doesn't take it on is my point he forgives me and we, I give him you know I give him all the cards, you guys. (laughs) And then he says he's got to go because now I'm the one holding him up. (laughs) Friends, I'm just so grateful for chances to make amends. When you get to come up alongside somebody, whether it's the Faz room, maybe I'm going to just call that now our love school classroom. I just want you to remember. I want me to remember, and I want you to remember that despite all of the damage, not despite, in addition to all of the damage and the despair and the violence of these last couple years, of these last couple weeks, they are not the only lesson. Love is a lesson. Life is for love. This church is for love. I think of my pledge as my tuition to the school of love. You are for love. Each of you are for love, and I want you to not forget it. Remember you are love, and to love you shall return. You are the teachers. You are the students. And love is the lesson.